and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Gosh, it's nearly summer, can you believe it? We have some really good monsters set for this summer and I'm really excited to bring them to you from my extremely hot home office, which I'm sure will continue to be absolutely sweltering as the year goes on. I do have to say I have a bit of a cold at the moment, so please forgive me if I get more tongue-tied or mouth noisy. I will try my best to cut all of them out, but please forgive me, I am trying to recover as quickly as possible as you can imagine. This week, we're heading over somewhere pretty hot all of the time, and that's over to South America, specifically Brazil for the Boto, or the Encantado. The Encantado is a shape-shifting dolphin from Amazonian folklore, but it's most commonly found in northern Brazil at the tip of the Amazon River. They are usually in their dolphin-like shape, however they are Amazonian dolphins, which are pink, visibly toothy and long-nosed, unlike our regular bottlenose dolphins that most people think of. They are normal-sized, however as they are pastel pink, they do tend to stand out in the murky rivers of the Amazon. They can speak in squeaks and whistles like normal dolphins, but can also speak native Brazilian Portuguese, which I imagine from a dolphin would be pretty strange. There are both male and female encantados, but the male version is a lot more common. Now, the dolphin is their usual form, however, they either only really shapeshift into one other creature, which is a human. This only ever happens at night, and is actually quite rare for them to do. Now, they look like normal people, however, the only part of it that doesn't transform is its blowhole, which is still apparent on the top of their head, so encantados can usually be found wearing a hat. Sometimes it's reported that they don't fully transform their hands well enough, and can sometimes look a bit like their natural flippers, so can have weird, distorted hands. The men will usually wear full suits, and the women elegant dresses, and they'll both look very formal and sometimes actually quite old-fashioned. They were also sometimes known to live on the land long term, taking up music and making money through performing, rather than returning back to their dolphin state. Now, why do they bother transforming? Well, apparently Encantados are from an Encanta, which is a utopia of wealth and happiness with no death or pain, a completely separate world and entity. And so they are naturally attracted to the pleasures and hardships of human life, for some reason, not sure why, I'm not attracted to that at all. They're very attracted to parties and sex, which very often ends up in hybrid illegitimate children. Now they are usually the life and soul of these parties, and they would be begged to stay, and anyone who would give chase would very often see them run to the river while they slowly transform back into their dolphin form before they dive in. Whenever appearing on land, they would technically be enchanting everyone around them to see them as human, and they would actually still be a dolphin underneath, with various river creatures being used as their fancy attire, e.g. 
a stingray for a hat. They are most commonly found around the Brazilian festival of Festa Junia, or the June Festival, which happens once a year, where they will play music, dance and drink amongst the human community. It's said if you met a handsome stranger on this day, you most likely have bumped into an encantado, and by the end of the night, they would have seduced someone and taken them home and impregnated them. Sometimes, encantados were even known for taking the person back to the encante, never to be seen or heard from again, and actually, if they did turn up, they would usually be heavily pregnant, and they would never quite be the same mentally after that either. As well as women or men that they wanted to seduce, they were also okay with kidnapping anyone who got too close to the water to keep them company in their perfect homeworld. But I will say they were most commonly known for kidnapping for love, or for kidnapping their children that were conceived through seduction, and taking their human mothers and fathers. It's said that the female encantados would sneak into married men's houses and take them to a hut where she would entrance them and visit them once on the same night every year. Then, on the seventh year, she would transform him into a baby completely genderless and transform him into the wife's womb. Pretty creepy, right? Then the wife would eventually give birth to her husband, which I think is insane. These children were all known as filos de boto, child of the boto, or dolphin's children, and are still used now for a term for unknown father children in the area. In terms of other powers though, they have an insane musical ability, being able to pick up many instruments they find, and be able to play them beautifully and use them realistically as seduction tools. They had a certain way of bewitching onlookers to have sex with them, as well as turning humans into encantados themselves. They can also control storms around their area, causing flooding, thunder and lightning, or even mudslides, and most maliciously can cause illness, insanity and death in humans that cross them. It's even said that you would go mad from looking at one in the eye, and they would give you lifelong nightmares that were completely incurable. But in order to be cured from the illness of an encantado, you would need to seek out a shaman or holy man. They would cast a magical powder made of flour and chili into the water where the encantado appears. This would break any spell and stop the monster coming back. But most importantly, the victim would have to be held back and restrained during the ceremony due to the magnetic draw from the encantado into the water. Also, I will say any gifts given to the person will revert back to their non-enchanted form, and so the unlucky victim would usually be found covered in dead leaves and other river junk when they have been given necklaces or clothing from the encantado, which I think is hysterical. But for etymology this week, encantado means enchanted one in Brazilian Portuguese, and they're named that way because they are from the Encante, this magical underwater realm they call home. However, there are technically two names for the Encantado. The other one is Boto, which you've probably heard me say a load of times throughout this, which does translate into dolphin, and sometimes is put together with Encantado, making Boto Encantado, meaning enchanted dolphin. Boto is usually used as a nickname for the Amazonian pink dolphins, and sometimes they're even called Boto Cor de Rosa in Portuguese, which means pink dolphin. Now, with this history, 
I am really sorry to tell you that I have no idea where this myth started. Unfortunately, it's not on record literally anywhere, but we do know that it was spread through word of mouth because of this and most likely started within tribal culture within the Amazon as firstly a deterrent to go anywhere near the water, which is very, very common within the folklore world, but also a massive deterrent about ever interacting with these dolphins. I'll get into why you shouldn't do that later on. With all of this said though, I can give you background and stories about these monsters, so please don't give up hope for history. Apparently, the most important thing to note, which is what I was referencing a minute ago, is that Amazonian river dolphins are not nice. They are not like your stereotypical bottlenose dolphin that we all love and consider flipper. They are known to be antagonists of humans. They do not like us very much. They actively attack and nudge swimmers and canoeists. And I will say, I think they're quite scary to look at. I'm just going to say it now. They've got massive teeth. They've got this horrible long bill. They are just not the pretty things that we think they look like. I recommend looking one up. They're not very nice. So as well as these actual real dolphins existing, what we do think inspired the myths is very real. It's actually dolphins' genitals, which are remarkably like humans, which sounds very strange. Of course, there have been a load of studies into human and dolphin similarities, including the very famous Margaret Lavat study, where the dolphin would be satisfied by her, and then when she was removed from the experiment, the dolphin literally killed itself. She was trying to teach it language and general body language. It went very poorly for the dolphin, I must say. What we have found out, though, is that they are remarkably clever and almost sentient beings, they are also one of the very few species other than humans to have sex for pleasure rather than just procreation. So our genitals looking similar in regards to this is very interesting and actually I couldn't find anything deeper on this. I would be really interested to know if our genitalia and dolphins genitalia is what makes us enjoy sex for pleasure. I think that's a very very interesting idea. Another theory is that the Encantado myth was a cover-up for something a lot more sordid, which was incestuous relationships within small, isolated river communities and tribes, which is unfortunately quite common. So it was easy to par this off to the Encantado, who were famous for their fatherless child issue, rather than actually admit that the child was born of incest. Also knowing what we know about incestuous breeding is that they are much more likely to have disabilities and deformities, and of course you can par that off onto a potential dolphin hybrid human easily, rather than admitting it was incest. Moving on from the horrible topics of incest and dolphin genitals, there are a load of stories of people encountering the Encantados, such as one where two men were parading about town, drunk and disorderly and completely disappeared at dawn. The next day, two pink dolphins were caught and gutted, and apparently stank of the alcohol that the men were drinking. Another story is that a man suspected of being an encantado was chased into a river and then speared with three harpoons as he dived. Later, a dead pink dolphin was found in the area with those same three harpoons sticking out of its body. So of course, the village people assumed that it was the same person. I actually have an expert from my book recommendation this week, so I'm going to read it to you now. 
The power the Encantados have over the opposite gender is clear in many stories. They say that a man named Jesse was at a dance when two handsome strangers in white suits showed up and mesmerised the girls. These two fellows displayed some new dance steps that the people hadn't seen before, and everyone assumed that it must be the latest fad. They also drank more alcohol than any man there. During the dance, Jesse's grandmother took him aside and told him that the two strangers were assuredly dolphins in human disguise. She was a wise woman who had seen many things, and Jesse knew that she must be right. When the two strangers slipped outside shortly before dawn, Jesse followed. He knew that the river was too far away for them to make it there before sunrise, especially as drunk as they were. He lost them, but continued along the road towards the river. Then he found two dolphins in a tiny pool that was little more than a mud hole. These dolphins reeked of alcohol, so Jesse had no doubt that they were encantados. The dawn had indeed caught the two strangers before they could make it to the river. Jesse killed these two helpless dolphins, but afterwards felt terribly guilty about it, just like he would feel if he had murdered people, but the damage had already been done. Jesse's girlfriend had fallen so thoroughly in love with one of the dolphin men that she actually refused to marry anyone else for the rest of her life and became an old spinster. I hope you enjoyed that, I did. Now, in terms of animal comparisons, of course, the Amazonian pink dolphin is the very clear winner here. These dolphins are even mythical in their own right and are known to be guardians of manatees. It's said that if you want to find a manatee in the Amazon, you must first win over the pink dolphin, who, as I said earlier, are a little bit antagonistic with humans. It is considered incredibly bad luck though to harm these dolphins, and even worse to eat one of them. So even in stories of the Encantado, the people who hunt them are in for worse fates without the monster even being attached to it at all. In regards to their mythological comparisons, they are very similar to our Selkie, Fossigrim and Peri-like creatures, who would fall in love with humans and have children with them, but inevitably go back to their original forms. However, with this monster, it seems like that's more done maliciously rather than through any love or affection they have for the human partner. You could also compare them to the Scottish Kelpie, dragging the helpless to their deaths in the water, and as a cautionary tale of the dangers of said water. But it kind of embodies both aspects of both of these types of monsters, making them a little bit unique and fun, as well as pretty scary. Now, onto modern media, there's actually nothing on the Encantado separately this week, and I'll be honest, I'm kind of grateful. However, there are a load of things with semi-sentient dolphins in, and we've not covered anything like this before, so we're going to go with that. Now, for art, I will say look at independent stuff this week, but do be conscious of what you might find. The only ones I could find were really creepy. I don't recommend it. In movies, though, we have The Dolphin, Johnny Mnemonic, Shark Tale, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Sponge Out of Water, and Day of the Dolphin. For TV, we have Eleanor of Avalor, Inside Job, Lunatics Unleashed, My Gym Partner's a Monkey, Sequest DSV, Parodied, The Jamie Kennedy Experiment, Mystery Science Theatre 3000, DuckTales, Star Trek, Upright Citizens Brigade, Astro Boy, Cyborg 009, Digimon, Psychic Squid, Mars Daybreak, Spongebob Squarepants, Made for Love, Flipper and Lepaka, The Simpsons, American Dad, Spliced, The Penguins of Madagascar, 
Zig and Sharko, The Tick, and Robot Chicken. Now in video games, we have ones such as Beyond Atlantis, Blue Planet, Sword of the Stars, Aero Fighters 2, The Fermi Paradox, Critical Depth, Zombie Wolves, Eco Quest, The Stellaris, Insan Aquarium, Jet Rocket, Command and Conquer Red Alert 2, Kingdom of Loathing, and Banjo-Kazooie. My book recommendation this week is to have a look at Half Human, Half Animal, Tales of Werewolves and Related Creatures by Jamie Hall, which is where I've got most of my research from this week, and actually the expert I read from you earlier, which is all about the hybrid monsters from around the world. But now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I'm so sorry, but I'm going to say absolutely not for this one, and honestly, I hope I'm right. After researching this monster and the dolphin they are based on, I'm creeped out by both. I like traditional dolphins and thought a pink one would be pretty sweet, but they look like they want to hurt me and I don't like it. Alongside this, I can see it being both a scapegoat for illegitimate children as well as a warning to a dangerous river, but I think the whole transformation part is a little bit far-fetched. Also, if you did go to bed with an Encantado, would you not ask them to take off their hat? That's wild to me, although I did go out with someone once who refused to take off a beanie, and it turns out he never brushed his hair, and he was hiding like a child-sized mat under there of all of his hair. It was disgusting. I was honestly so surprised by how much I enjoyed researching this one, though, and how much information there was without any history to back it up. It proves of how amazing and powerful word of mouth throughout these tribal cultures really is. And it's certainly a first in that aspect. We usually have something. But I really hope you've enjoyed this as much as me. This one has been a wild ride and I really hope you liked it. But what do you think? Did the Encantado prey on the women and men of the Amazon? Let me know on Twitter. I would love to know what you think about this one. This was a pretty creepy monster, but interesting to look at nonetheless. I do think the artwork I've seen of this will forever be burnt into my eye holes though, and I'm sorry if my advertising this week did the same to you, I get it, but at least you know about the monster for future reference I suppose. Next week though, we're heading over to ancient Mesopotamia and looking at a character from an absolute epic who has been written into the stars ever since, so I hope you've got your wrestling gloves for next Thursday for the Bull of Heaven. For now though, Thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at MythMonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes.